the victory today because I am free.
I wonder if you can find somebody nearby and tell them I'm not what I used to be. I used to be bound. I used to be a slave to sin. The devil used to call the shots in my life. But the blood of Jesus reached down to where I was. The blood of Jesus reached down to who I used to be. And praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm free. Amen. Can we just give Sister Chantel? Come on. And this community choir, what a great job they did leading us in worship this morning. Amen. Amen. We're, the ushers have already come, and we're going to speak faith while you're standing. We're going to speak faith over our giving today. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, thank you for coming out today. Amen. If you were looking for an excuse not to be here, it's cold enough outside. You could have stayed home. But thank you for making your way out to the house of the Lord today. Amen. Thank you for making your way out to this building today. We're so appreciative, and we don't believe you came in vain. We believe God's going to speak right to where you're at. Amen. Not just to where you're at, but to where you're going, where he, where he has for you to go. Amen. How do you believe God has more for you in 2024? Amen. Amen. If you would join with us right now as we speak faith over our giving, upon the authority of God's word, I give, and it shall be given back to me. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe to the storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. I receive jobs and better jobs, raises, increase and promotions, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, owed money, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts canceled, and royalties received. I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare my entire family saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, in love with Jesus, healthy, strong, and full of life. I call my family walking in the blessing and favor of God in their lives. I am blessed coming in and going out in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. The ushers are coming. Before we do the video, I want to just share real quick. How many of you recognize this guy up here? Amen. Amen. God, God's doing a pretty amazing work through Matt. Matt's always been a part of Living Hope, always been a great young man. But he's just really stepping up. He's leading our hyphen ministry. Amen. He and, he and his wife. Friday night they had coffee and worship here for the hyphen group. I heard there was about 20 and Brother Matt ministered and I heard he did an incredible job. Amen. And then in addition to that, he shared with me this morning that as of last week the contract on his job was ending. Wasn't sure if he's going to have a job come the 1st of February. Then he called, got called in earlier this week. Got a new contract, same position, same responsibilities, same team, but $20,000 more a year. Amen. Amen. So we rejoice. Here's, 
Amen. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen. So we rejoice today and we take God at his word. When we speak faith over our finances, we really expect that as we put God first, he's going to keep us in mind. He's going to bless us. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to share that. Matt, we're proud of you. We love you. We thank God for all he's doing. Amen. And again, right before the announcement video, just want to say a big welcome to all of our guests that have been coming around to Living Hope. We're so honored to have you here. Amen. I got to greet Ryan last week for just a few moments. Ryan, we're glad you're here at Living Hope. Amen. We pray that you are well, made to feel welcome. And so many others. I know you start naming people and you forget somebody, so I want to be careful going down that trail. We're also glad to have uh, evangelist Brother Mike Easter with us. He and his wife are here today. Amen. He's going to be coming back. Uh, we've already got him on the schedule October 13th, 14th, and 15th. That's a Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, we're going to have a revival. And you don't want to miss that. Amen. Amen. Um, also glad to have our uh, the Maryland, D.C. Youth Secretary, Brother Drew Keats, his wife, and son, Lewis. We're glad to have them here with us today. Amen. They are planting a church in Baltimore and just text me and said, hey, we want to come to Live in Hope tomorrow if that's okay. Absolutely. We're glad you guys are here. Amen. All right. So now if we could turn your attention to the screens for some important announcements for just a moment. We're so glad each one of you are here. We just have a sh few short announcements. Tonight, we have Esperanza Viva, so we hope to see everyone here. Monday night, we have prayer starting at 6.30. Wednesday night at 6.30, we have corporate prayer and then 7 o'clock of service. Saturday, Psalms 40 Impact Group starts at 6. You do not want to miss Sister Angelito. She will be sharing her testimony with us. And now look ahead, the youth will be having a bake sale slash auction. February 11th during coffee and conversation. All proceeds will go to the youth fund. In order that everyone will support this event, we will not be selling donuts that day. Too bad for all of you. Finally, Financial Peace University course starting February 24th. This is a nine week course. The fee is $80 to register. So see Sister Simone for more information. That's all the announcements we have for you today. God bless. I'm focused on the present. I'm building my future. I'm pursuing my destiny. Don't tell me what you gonna do. Tell me you got it done. Step into your greatness. It's time for you to be all in. Amen. So we want to invite you all. Live to Lead is coming up February 17th. That's from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we invest in a lot of things. It takes about 60 to $80 to fill up a gas tank, depending on how close you got to the empty. And we'll invest in that because we realize we need that vehicle to carry us somewhere. And oftentimes, the very last thing we invest in is our personal growth and development. Have you know that if you're going to get to what God wants you to be, you're going to have to invest in yourself. You're going to have to invest in your own growth. And sometimes that means investing in events like Live to Lead, which is going to be an opportunity for you to come uh, simulcast, John Maxwell is going to be speaking. If you've never heard Ryan Leak before, who's going to be one of the speakers, 
I had the privilege of hearing him in person. Phenomenal speaker. And then there'll also be some live uh, speakers. I'll be one of those. There'll be some other business owners from our community. And I want to encourage everybody. For those of you that have already decided, well, I can't, I'm not coming to that. Too much money. I can't make it. It's inconvenient. I want to I double down a little bit right now and ask you to invest in yourself in 2024. All right, if the only time you take advantage of an opportunity is when it's free, you're probably not going to get very far. So if we can bring that QR code back up one more time. Because I want to give you guys time to get your phones out right now. This is the only time I want you to have your phone out unless you're taking a picture of my beautiful shiny bald head. And if you scan that right now, you can get tickets. It's going to be February 17th. Yeah, I don't see enough phones out right now. So I'm going to just pause it right there, Brother Corey. I'm going to wait for you all. Because I want to give you a chance to invest in your growth. Still not enough phones. I'll keep on. I'll wait. I'll wait till three o'clock in the afternoon if I got to. I had a, a business owner from the community yesterday ask me, is it okay to bring my 14-year-old son? I said, well, only if your 14-year-old son has a fire in his belly and wants to do something. So he's bringing his 14 In other words, you're not too young to invest in your growth and your development. Amen. It's really about investing in being everything God created me to be. Here's my goal in life. I don't want to be anything less than what God created me to be. That's what Live to Lead is about. Thank you. I see, I, I see a few more phones out right now. Great job. Amen. We're going to join with the worship team. We're so excited to have Brother Jordan and Sister Ashley Easter here in just a moment. Brother Jordan is going to be coming. He's going to be preaching to us the Word of God. We're excited to have them here. And I'm so excited to see Duke here today. I just had to point that out. Let's worship the Lord together right now. Praise the Lord. If you could all stand as we get into the next portion of worship. And the song we're going to be singing, I just want to speak a moment. It talks about how much we need the Lord. In Scripture, it says that the Lord is troubled because so many times we try to fill up our vessels with these broken cisterns. It's saying you try to fill up and sustain yourself with broken things. And how many times are people in the world, we look to things that are broken that aren't gonna fulfill us, that aren't gonna sustain us. But the only thing today, if you've been looking and if you've been broken and you've been looking for something that is more, I'm telling you, Jesus is here today. And he is all that you could ever need. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy you like Jesus can. So if we could just lift up our hands right now and just tell him how much we need him. God, we need you in this place, oh Lord.
we surrender right now. Oh, we put our faith in you, Jesus. We put our hope in you, Jesus. Only you, oh God. It's only you, Jesus. You are powerful. Your 
now. Again, I, I feel something unique in the building, and I know that God is doing a work. We are going to get into the work, but what I want us to do is I want you to partner with somebody beside you if it's appropriate. And I want you to begin to lift up those hands together. And I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, we need to do some warfare right now. There's people here that you may feel like this may be your last Sunday. You feel like giving up. You feel like throwing in the towel. You're wondering where the answer is. You're wondering where the solution is. I'm here to let you know that God is here to meet your need. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's it. Come on, pray. We're shifting the atmosphere right now. You're about to step into the miraculous right now. Come on, let's push just a little bit more, just a few more moments. Amen. If you could, now if we could clap our hands and shout up to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, would you shout? Would you shout like you've got the victory? Like you're an overcomer. Oh, would you dance like you got the victory? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning? I can just tell some of you have gone through hell this week and it's not because you look bad it's not because you look ugly but we just go through things ain't that right we go through trials and tribulations but I want to let hell know that you're still here hell tried all it could to keep you from church today but you're in the house of God we give God glory for his keeping power Hallelujah. It is such a pleasure and an honor for my wife and I. Uh, can, can we give a hand to my wife? Her name is Ashley. I love and appreciate her so much. Uh, we've, we've been evangelizing now since about September of last year. So this is a very new season uh, for, for our lives, a lot of change. But, but I'm so thankful that God has given me a wife that is helping me, supporting me, praying for me, behind me. And I'm behind her. The hand of God is on her life, and she's anointed as well. So thankful for her. And I'm thankful for my parents, as, as Pastor mentioned. Uh, my dad, Mike, and my mom, Portia Easter, are here. And I'm so thankful for all that they've invested into me. 
I wouldn't be who I am or where I am without, without my parents, and so I'm thankful for them. How many of y'all are thankful for Pastor and Sister Staten? I want to say how much of an honor it is to be here, and just thank you for your voice, and thank you for your support to my wife and I, and just being there for us in this season. We are so thankful for you all. Again, can we give another hand for Pastor and Sister Staten? Amen. Without further ado, I'd like for us to go to the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Luke and chapter 15. And we're going to start reading. At, let's pick. Let's pick verse 11. Verse 11. Luke 15 and verse 11. When you have it, say amen. 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 Let's read. It says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, everyone say all. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself... I pray to God that somebody would come to themselves today. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Watch this. And am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants and he arose and came to his father but when he was yet a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and the son said unto him father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy everybody say that with me no more worthy I'm no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry last verse verse 24 for this my son was dead he was dead but he's alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry Today, for just a few short moments, I would like to preach to you on this title, No More Worthy. Everyone say, No More Worthy. You can put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we love you, Jesus. We appreciate everything that you've done up until this point in this service. And we ask, God, that you would meet us here once again. 
Lord, we thank you for the revival and the harvest that we've seen so far in 2024. But we believe that there is greater still to come. And so I pray, God, let our hearts and our minds be in synchronization with the Holy Ghost. Help us to want what you want. Help us to want what the Spirit wants. And I pray, God, that we would allow you to have free course and to do what only you can do in this house. And we believe for miracles. God, we believe for signs. We believe for wonders. We believe for strongholds to be broken. We believe for bodies to be healed. We believe for prodigals to return. We believe for people to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and transformed by your power. We pray this in Jesus' name. Would you do me a favor and clap your hands one more time? And would you add your shout one more time? And let's give God a mighty praise. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're seated, I want you to look to your neighbor and say, no more worthy. Now look to your second choice and tell them, no more worthy. There, there are a lot of things that God is, that God does. There's a lot of characteristics and attributes that we give to him. One of those attributes that we can give to God is that God is faithful. He's faithful in every season, in every situation. He's there all the time. Now, I know in our world and in our day, we, we look to people to be faithful to us. But how many of you know that people are not as always faithful as you want them to be? They, they give you their word. They say, hey, brother, I'll be there for you. You can count on me. But when the going gets tough and you need to call on them, they're nowhere to be found. Uh, if you've experienced that with the humans, with the people in your life, I want to let you know that God is not like them. God is faithful. When God gives you a word, you can take it to the bank. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The grass can wither. The flower will fade but the word of your God will stand forever what am I saying he is a faithful God he's faithful not only is he faithful but he's merciful I'm so thankful that no matter how many mistakes I make and no matter how, how large the, the pile of my sin and my transgressions are, that God is faithful to forgive me when I ask him for forgiveness. And his mercy is forever and forever and forever. He's not just the God of a second chance, but he's the God of another and another and another and another and another. Uh, and then when you feel like you've reached it, he gives you another and another. I don't know what mistake you've made, but God is merciful. He's a merciful. Can anybody testify about his mercy? You don't know where I was when he found me. You don't know what the pit I was in when he pulled me up. He's a merciful God. Not only is God merciful, but God is good. They say that God is good all the time and that 
all the time, God is good. So whether I'm sitting on the mountaintop, God is good. When I got enough money in the bank account, God is good. But even when I'm struggling, and even when I feel like I'm all alone, and even when I feel like he's slaying me, even in that season, God is still good. Would you praise him like he's been good to you? Would you worship him like he's been good to you? Oh, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Uh, people, people accuse us in Pentecost of being emotional. They accuse us of, of, of just being all hype, but this is not just hype. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus in all, all, not some, not a fraction, not a part, but when I think about all he's done, I, I can't stay silent. I can't stay in my chair. I've got to get up and i got to praise him because he's good. He's not good like we know good. You go to a restaurant and you get a good steak, you say, that was good. But God is better than a good cooked steak. You go to a restaurant and they give you good service, you tip them because they did good. And you, you measure what you give them based on their goodness. And you say, oh, I think that's worth 20% or maybe that's worth 30%. And if it's really good, you may even give more. But God is so good that he's worthy of more than 10. He's worthy than more than 20. He deserves everything in me. There's a reason why the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and all of your strength. Why? Because he deserves all of it. He's that good. God is faithful. He's merciful. He's good. But he's also worthy. He's worthy. In the Bible, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 5, we see that John, the revelator, is in the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says that uh, there was one. Everyone say one. There was one God seating, sitting on the throne. Not two thrones, uh, not three thrones, but one throne. And he had a scroll in his hand. And there was a question that was asked. Who is worthy to open the seals and to read the scroll? Is there anybody worthy in heaven? They couldn't find anybody. They said, is there anybody worthy on earth? They couldn't find anybody. They said, is there anybody worthy under the earth? They couldn't find nobody. In other words, they said, is there any angel? Is there anybody living or anybody dead that's worthy? And they, but the Bible says that they couldn't find anybody who was worthy. And so the Bible says that John began to weep and he began to weep bitterly because there was not one person found worthy. But then somebody said, hey, John, why are you weeping? Because there is somebody who is worthy. 
I don't know what you're going through, but you may be weeping about the trial, and you may be weeping about the tribulation, but can I give you the same words that they give, gave John? You don't have to weep anymore because the way maker is in the room. The miracle worker is in the room. Said, John, don't weep because there is someone who's worthy. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of Jesse. And he has an appearance. It's the appearance of a lamb that had been slain. He was slain, but he's not dead anymore. He's risen from the dead. This is what I love. The Bible says that the lamb came from out the midst of the throne. He didn't come out from beside the throne. He was not a second individual, but he came from within the middle of the throne. What does that tell me? That from inside, the, from within God and in the individual nature of God came the lamb. What does that tell me? That Jesus Christ, the lamb of God, was not a second in the Trinity, but he was God himself. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Jesus, Jesus is the only one who is worthy. Just because I'm up here holding the mic doesn't mean I'm worthy. Just because I've been in church my whole life doesn't mean I'm worthy. And just because you're here on a Sunday morning does not mean that you're worthy. Nobody in this room is worthy. The only one who's worthy is him. I said the only one who's worthy is him. You may be seated. Jesus is the only one who's worthy. I'm sure if there was another person in the Trinity, they would have said, no, there's two that are worthy. But there's only one that is worthy, and that is Jesus. Now, now worth is a word that we use to determine something's value, to figure out how much something is worth. If it's high quality, the price is probably going to be a bit higher. If it's low quality, you would say it's not worth that much. And to give you kind of context, I'll give you a story. One day, I remember, my mom is here, and so I think this is probably the first time I've preached this with my mom being here. But there was a day where my mom gave me $100. Y'all, I was rolling. You could not tell me nothing. I knew I was rich. I had the money. I felt good. You know, you know when you got some money, you feel good about yourself. So my mom gave me $100, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the store, buy a few things, but not too much, just a little bit, just, just, just enough to flex on them, you know, just to make them, like, just to make them feel like I got more money, but no, nah, just, just give me the, the little thing, right? So I walked into a store with, I think, two of my friends, and, and again, I got just $100 bill in my pocket, not even like 520s, just $100 bill. And 
I, I go and I see this mannequin and it has like a jacket on, a button-up button shirt and a t-shirt, but I really liked the jacket. So I went up to the mannequin and, and I saw that the price tag said about $29.99. I said, okay, I can do that. I got some money. I can afford it. So I, I took off that thing off the rack, found it on the rack, took it off, and I kept shopping knowing I wasn't going to get anything else, but just wanted to act like, you know, I got money, so I'm just going to walk around. So after we were done perusing through the store, we went up to the cash register, got in a line, long line, y'all, and I get to the front finally, and I'm feeling good about myself. I, I put the jacket on the counter. The lady starts Checking in, and, and she's like, is this all? I said, yeah, that's it. She said, that will be $98.26. <laughs> There's got to be a mistake. I said, are you sure? You know when you feel like you're right, and you're trying to debate with the, with the worker, you're like, ma'am, there must be a mistake. Do, you, do we need to go back and see it? Because I, I saw the price tag myself. But she wasn't having it with me. And so she said, we'll go back together. And so we walked back to the mannequin. And I said, see, ma'am, this is $29.99. She said, honey, you're looking at the T-shirt. <laughs> we get back to the front. And she says, can you not afford it? I said, no, just don't, don't play with me like that. <laughs> you can't be saying that out loud in front of everybody, you know. Don't, don't do that now. I said, of course I can afford it. Pulled out my $100 bill. Gave it to her and she gave me a dollar and some change. Y'all, I didn't even have money to go to the food court. I bought something that I thought was cheaper. And when I realized the price tag, I was like, it wasn't really worth it. Can I tell you that's what happens with sin? Is that sin will give you a price tag and make it appear like it's something you can handle. But when you get to the end of your life, you're going to realize it wasn't worth it. I want to let you know the drugs aren't worth it. The fornication, it's not worth it. The popularity of this world, it's not worth it. The only one, the only one who's worth it is him. He's the only one who's worthy. And that is the peculiar word that we find in the story in Luke chapter 15. See, Luke 15 opens up with Jesus giving three parables. But before the parables, it shows us that the Pharisees and the Sadducees showed up. Everyone say the religious folk. The religious people saw Jesus interacting with sinners. And he, they saw him interacting with people that were like you and me. And the religious folks said, why are you dealing with them? But I love what the Bible says. Jesus didn't have to go invite them. The Bible says that Jesus just naturally drew them to him. See, that's how it should be in the church of God. We, we should have the nature of Christ that sinners feel comfortable enough to come, but not comfortable enough to stay the same. Hey, if you're in here and you got a past, you're welcome. If you're in here and you've got some shame and some baggage, you're welcome. 
Come as you are. Come broken. Come weak. But Jesus will restore you. And so, to answer there, the Pharisees' uh, hypocrisy and condemnation of what he was doing, Jesus gave three parables. He gave the parable of the lost sheep and said that the shepherd is willing to leave the 99 to just go get one. He gave the parable of the lost coin who a woman had 10 coins and she lost one and she swept the whole house just to find that one. And then he gave the parable of the father with two sons. The youngest of the sons one day came to his dad and said, hey, dad, give me the portion, watch this, and the King James, it says, that falleth to me. In other words, he says, give me the portion that belongs to me. And if we're not careful, we can hear about God's goodness, grace, and mercy and think that it, we deserve it. He said, give me what belongs to me. But the next phrase says that the father divided to his sons his inheritance, what he had earned. Everything we have is not of our own working. It's not because we deserve it. It's not because it belongs to us. But it's because he's been good to us. And I'm not just talking about mercy and grace. But the car you drove here in, God gave it to you. The job you have, God gave it to you. The house you live in, God gave it. I don't have a house. I have an apartment. The apartment you have, God gave it to you. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of the lights. Everything comes from God. But somehow along the way, this young man thought, it belongs to me. So the Bible says that not many days after, he demanded what he deserved, that he got up and left. I, there's, no, there's no way for us to really think that they had a goodbye party. I don't know. We don't know if he had a sit-down meeting with his dad and mom and said, hey, y'all, I'm ready to move out. All we know is that he got up and ditched. He left. You know the story. The Bible says that he took that money and he spent it on riotous living. He, he went and spent it on things that he shouldn't have been enjoying. And what we need to realize is the Bible says that in order to do it, he had to go to a far country. Can I tell you that if you want to indulge in a life of sin, you're not going to feel comfortable doing it close, in close proximity to the church. And I'm not talking about geographical location. But when the enemy starts trying to pull you out of the Father's hand, he's going to make you start ignoring people's phone calls. And it's starting ignoring people's texts. Why? Because you're not going to feel comfortable indulging in the sin and still coming into the house of God. And watch this. There is no verse that says the father pleaded with him. Don't leave, son. Please don't leave. Can I tell you that if you're not careful, you may think that, oh, God will come after me every single time. There may be a time where God will let you do what you want to do. Don't believe me? Read Romans 1. The Bible says that the wrath of God is revealed when he removes the restraints. 
when he lets you indulge because he tries with his mercy and his goodness and his grace to keep you in the house. But if you reject his goodness and say, oh, no, I want to do what I want to do, he may let you go. And it's a scary day where you come to church and you're like, oh, I, I, I get it. Yes, pastor, I hear you. I'll come to the altar next Sunday. I'll get baptized next month. There may not be a next Sunday. They're not, they may not be a next month. You've got to answer the call today. So he spends the money on riotous living, doing things he knows he shouldn't do. And I could spend more time there, but i got to hurry. The Bible says that after he had spent all that he had, he wasted God's mercy in a bad place. Do you know what grace is? People say it's the unmerited favor of God. That's true. Some say it's the God's divine influence upon the heart. That's true. But another definition of grace is space. Where God gives you the space to get it right. See, when you're living in grace... Judgment doesn't immediately come. Why? Because he's given you space. And see, when he, the grace that he had experienced began to run out, that's when the famine came. You know, I find that interesting. The famine didn't come when he had the money. The famine came when he lost the money. And when you continue to run from the presence of God, there's going to come a point where you run out of all the options you had and a famine's going to hit the land. The Bible says that he began to be in want. And so he joined himself to a citizen of that country. That word join is a very interesting word. It's, it literally in the Greek means glued. It, it gives the picture of an intimate connection. It's the same word that's used in the Gospels where Jesus talks about marriage and it says that the two shall become one flesh. It uses that same word. It talks about an intimate connection. And see what the enemy will do when you begin to run from the presence of God and you feel all alone, he'll get you to join yourself to somebody in the world. Can I get even a bit more spiritual with you? That sometimes it's not just people, but it's spirits. Where you'll join your, you know how I mentioned anxiety? What happens is that a lot of people get out of the church, go into the world, and they join themselves to those things. Trying to find some type of way to cope with the pain that they're in. They join themselves to drugs. They get addicted. They get glued. And when it's time to disconnect, it's so hard to disconnect. Even though they know this is not helping me, it's only making it worse. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's people in this room right now that you've been glued to things and you're trying to get detached. You're trying to get loose, but you're so glued to it and you don't know how to get free. Well, I'm here to set you free in the Holy Ghost. God is about to set you free from every addiction, from every chain. I don't care what you've been joined to. There's a greater one. There's a stronger man. Jesus said, you can't, you can't get rid of the strong man unless a stronger man comes. Jesus is the stronger man. 
I don't care how tight you're glued to it. Jesus can separate that. He can break that stronghold. He can break that addiction. He can break that enchantment. Oh, somebody needs to believe it. He can break it. So, the Bible lets us know that this, that, that citizen that he joined himself to sent him out into the fields to feed the swine. Someone that he got intimately connected with, a relationship, a friendship, sent him out to feed the pigs. And the Bible says that he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the pigs did eat. What does that mean? What it basically means is that he would have loved to eat pig slop. Now, I don't know about you. But you got to be real hungry if you're going to eat pig slop. You know, one of my favorite places to eat is Texas Roadhouse. Anybody ever been there? And they got them rolls, y'all. And they got that butter, too. I don't know. I, listen, I'm not trying to make you hungry right now, but when, when, when I walk through and I see them rolls, I would fain have filled my belly with them rolls. He was looking at the pig slop like I look at the Texas Roadhouse rolls. He was desperately wanting it. What I find interesting is the Bible says that no one was willing to give it to him. I, it would make sense if they were not willing to give him steak. It would make sense if they were not willing to give him, like, a nice good sandwich. But pig slop, this is the lowest of the low that the world has to offer. And let me tell you, if you keep running from God, there's going to come a point where the world is not even going to be able to give you what they used to give you, gave you. You're going to get so low and so desperate and when what the world used to gave, give you back in the day, it's, the high is not going to matter anymore. You're going to be reaching and the world is going to reject you. And it was at that moment that then he said, I had it better at my father's house. It wasn't when the money ran out. It wasn't when the famine came. It wasn't when he joined himself to a citizen of that country. But it was when the world rejected him that he realized that he had it better. You know, I always hear people say, I'm going to wait till I really need Jesus to need Jesus. But the truth is you need Jesus right now. You can't wait another week. You need him right now. And what I, what I find scary is that there's people that are waiting for that rock bottom moment and they haven't hit rock bottom yet. And they're just waiting. Oh, I'm just going to wait till it's really bad and everything's devastated and then I'm going to come run into the altar, Pastor. I'll be there on that Sunday. But what if Jesus comes back before that Sunday? Thankfully, that young man had a chance to go home, but you may not have another chance. 
This may be your last opportunity to give your life to Jesus. This may be your last opportunity to get back to the Father's house. If I were you, I would not wait another moment. But I would tell myself, he's, the Bible says he said to himself, I need to get back home. I wish somebody would come to themselves today and say, I need to get home. The world is not your home. Jesus is your home. I got I to gotta go quick. You may be seated. I got to rush through this. The Bible says that he said to himself, okay, oh, man, dad is probably upset with me. Man, I don't know if he's going to accept me. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Dad, how am I going to say it? Dad, can you take me back? No, 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 that doesn't sound right. Um, God, or dad, um, if I, I'll, I'll clean the hole out. No, no, no. He says, okay, wait. I'm going to tell dad that I've sinned before heaven and you, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good idea. I'm going to go ahead and tell dad I'm no more worthy. Okay. And so he picks himself out of the pig slop. He, he's stained. He's dirty. He smells. He's, it's, he's stinky. He doesn't look good. Hasn't taken a shower. But let me tell you, no matter how dirty you may feel and how stinky you may feel, God is not. He won't reject you. I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care how messed up you are. Don't let your stink keep you from Jesus. When they go, when they went to raise Lazarus from the dead, they said, by now he stinketh. The stink won't stop Jesus from getting to you. And so he makes his way to the father's house. And I love the way the Bible puts it, that while he was yet a far way off, not while he was on the porch, not when he opened the fence and it creaked, but when he was yet a far way off, the father saw him. What does that tell me? That the father was looking for him. Can I tell somebody today, the father's been looking for you the father's had his eyes on you. You didn't know you were going to be here today, but he did, and he was looking out the window. Is she going to have faith to come to the altar? Is he going to allow his past to keep him from the altar? Oh, he's just waiting for one step. And what's so cool is that with one step on the road toward the father's house, the father came running to him. The father didn't wait for two steps. The father didn't wait for 50 steps. He just waited for one step. And I'm here to tell you that that's all it takes today is one step towards this altar for you to get back into relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that the father ran to him. He hugged him. I'm hurrying. He began to weep. Both of them began to cry. And the son ends up saying, Dad, Dad, wait, I got to tell you something. Dad, and the dad is just weeping. He's so, he's so distraught, and, but so happy. And he says, Dad, wait, 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 I got to tell you something, Dad. Dad, I'm sorry. Dad, I've sinned before you and before heaven. And he says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But it began to resonate in my mind. 
How do you become a son? It's not by your worthiness. As Brother Mitchell's teaching about today, it's by birth. You're a son, not by worth, but by birth. He said, Dad, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. That's the deception of the enemy. Because it makes you think that you could earn your way to become a son. And if you can earn your way to become a son, you could lose out on being a son. But see, can you put that picture up of me and my dad? When I was born, I see in that picture, I'm just, I don't even know how many days, weeks old I am. But this is a picture from a video I snapped a few months ago. And in this video, my dad is holding me, and he's saying, this is J.D. Easter. I'll, everywhere he goes, I want y'all to take care of him. I want you to spoil him. Why? Because he's my son. At that point, I've never said a word, maybe Gigi Gaga. I've done nothing but maybe had a dirty diaper. And even in that infancy moment, it wasn't my worth that made me my dad's son. It was the fact that they gave birth to me. Can I tell you that if you're struggling with feeling unworthy and the enemy is whispering in your mind saying, you used to be worthy, you used to be good enough before you fell, before you made the mistake, before you left the church, before you lost your virginity, before you tried that drug, before they abused you, you used to be worthy, you used to be innocent, but now you no longer are. You know what you need to tell the devil? You're right. I'm not worthy, but I have been born as a son, and I have been born as a daughter. I'm not worthy. I was never worthy, but I have been born. I have been born. I have been born. And you may be sta standing here today saying, how are you born, Brother Jordan? The same way you can be. When you are born of the water and of the spirit, what does that mean? When you're born in the water, Jesus literally puts his name on you. That's what I find so interesting is that my dad in that video, he said, he's going to be the one person to carry the Easter name into the 2000s. And so I'm carrying my dad's name. The same happens when you get baptized. You carry not your earthly father's name but your heavenly father's name the bible says that when you're baptized you put on christ and you know what happened when the son told his father i'm no more worthy the dad ignored him he didn't try to say oh son you're worthy no no he ignored him he turned to the servants and said get the robe Get the ring and get the shoes. And I'm closing with this. The ring is symbolic of God's authority. It was a signet ring with which you could do transactions on behalf of the Father's name. When you are baptized in the Spirit, it's like the Father's putting the ring on you. And then he gave him a robe. When you put on the robe, that's what happens when you're baptized. You put on Christ. You were stinky with the pigs. You were stained by the mud. But God puts his robe on you.
And then he gives you shoes. Because it's not the will of God just for you to be baptized and filled with the Spirit. But it's his will for you to walk different after you do. I wonder if we could stay in all across the sanctuary. He said, Dad, I'm no more worthy. That implies that at once he was. What I find interesting is, is that today you may be saying, oh, that Brother Jordan, that's a good message for him over there. He needs to hear this. Or you may be saying, Brother Jordan, that's such good. That's such a good sermon. She really needs to hear this. But I'm not just preaching to them, I'm preaching to you. Because just as much as the younger brother struggled with feeling worthy, so did the older brother. Because when the other, older brother found out, he said, what's going on? They said, your younger brother, the one that left, he's back. And, and your dad is doing all these things for him. He said, wait, after all the mistakes that younger brother made, and here I have been in the house and I never left. I've earned my right. I've earned the fatted calf. I've earned the party. I, I've prayed every prayer. I've been to church every Sunday. And you're blessing him? You know what the father comes to him and says? Everything I've always had has always been yours. See, both sons struggled with worthiness. One son felt like he lost his worthiness, and the other felt like he deserved more because of how worthy he was. But today, Jesus is not looking for those that feel like they're worthy, and he's not even perplexed or, or withdrawn because you feel unworthy. But he's looking for the people that say, you know what? I'm not worthy. I don't deserve for you to bless me, but I believe you will. I don't deserve to have the miracle, but I believe you will. I don't deserve for you to touch my body after all the things I've done, but I believe you will. How about this? You don't deserve, I don't deserve for you to fix my family and my marriage, but I believe you will. This is what I want us to do right now. I want everybody that knows they are not worthy. Can't pray enough prayers. Can't go to church enough. They know they're not worthy. I want you to come to this altar. And I want you to stand with me. If you can come to this altar right now. Everybody in this room, I want you to make your way down here. I don't care how long you've been in church, how much scripture you know, you may think Genesis is the last book in your Bible. I don't know. You may know so little that you thought Peter got on the boat with Noah. I don't know. Or you may, know, you may be able to quote every single verse. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. I want you to come down. I want everybody's attention really quick, just really quick. I want to give you one story, and this I hope we can encourage you as we pray. It'll be really quick. There's a man in the Bible. He's a Roman soldier. And the Bible says that he had a servant who was sick. And he sent 
the elders of the community to go get Jesus, the Jews, because he felt so unworthy. He said, can you go get Jesus to heal my servant? They went and got Jesus, and watch what they said. They said, Jesus, he's a man who's worthy. He's built a synagogue for us. He deserves for you to heal his servant. The Bible says that Jesus goes on his way. But when the Roman man finds out he's coming, he sends his friends. And the friends tell Jesus, Jesus, stop. He feels so unworthy that he doesn't even want you coming into his house. That's why he didn't even talk to you. Because he felt so bad, he didn't even want to see your face. But he had enough faith to say, if you would just speak a word. Jesus stopped everybody. And he said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. What happened? Jesus found somebody who felt unworthy, but was still willing to have faith. He found somebody that felt so bad that they couldn't even talk to Jesus face to face. Didn't even want Jesus to come to their house. But he said, I have faith. And that's what I believe everybody in here can do. Don't let your unworthiness keep you from having faith. All you need is a word. All you need is a word. And when you believe in the word, Jesus says, I I've not seen faith like that. Everybody else thinks that they earned my miracles, that they earned, but here's a person that knows they didn't earn it, and he still believes. So when Jesus sees you in the middle of your trial, and you don't believe like you deserve it, but you still lift up your hands and say, God, I need you to do a miracle. I haven't earned it, and I'm not worthy, but I believe. I wonder if we could do that all across this building, is lift up hands. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Everybody, lift up your hands and form a surrender. The, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is about to sweep throughout this place. And He's about to answer your need and your miracle right now. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice with those lifted hands. And begin to reach for him right now. Come on, would you cry out to God? Come on, would you cry out to God? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every man and over every woman in this building that's struggling and they're afraid and they feel so unworthy. They feel like they don't deserve your mercy. They feel like they don't deserve their grace, your grace. But I pray in this moment that your spirit would minister to them right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, reach. Reach for God right now. Reach for him right now. You left heaven for my Defeated death on you left heaven for my rescue to face the darkness. Defeated death on you on, left heaven. Come on, lift up your for hands. my rescue. Reach to for face God right the darkness. Defeated. Reach for him right now. You left heaven for my 
If you're praying, please continue to pray. If you're praying with somebody, continue to pray with them. But I want to give a clear invitation, invitation to somebody. 
We talked about being born. And you're born when you're baptized in the name of Jesus. And when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want to give an invitation. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. I want to invite you to be baptized today. You may say, I was baptized when I was a child or a few years ago. But if you don't know if you were baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be rebaptized today. I said, if you don't know what name you were baptized in, you need to be rebaptized. You may have forgotten and you don't know for sure. You need to know for sure. So this is what I want us to do with the people around you. I want you to look at somebody beside you and ask them, were you baptized in Jesus' name? Ask somebody else, were you baptized in Jesus' name? And if you find somebody that has not, listen, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, we don't look down on you. We don't ridicule you, but we're ready to celebrate with you. If you need to be rebaptized, if you've never been baptized, we're going to pray again. I want you to come down to the front. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, or it's been a long time since you have, I want you to come down to the front right now. Come right here in front of me. This is for anybody that's not been baptized or been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to come right in front of me. We have a few people here. Let's celebrate. Let's give them a hand clap for coming down to the front. We're about to pray with them. But I want to give one more invitation. Sure, you can get it next week. You can do it next week. But, but why not now? Today is the day of salvation. All it takes is one step. Anybody else? Say, you know what, brother? I'm ready to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. I wonder if I could ask some altar workers, some ministers from, from the church. We're going to pray with you all. And if you're not, I want you to stretch your hands towards these these people. Amen. I want y'all to look at me. Listen. God, it's God's desire to give you the Holy Ghost. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to cry about it. It's not going to take you 30 minutes. But we're going to pray. And when we pray, you're going to feel the love of God come upon you. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. It's going to be the love of God that begins to cover your heart. And you need to yield to it. Don't, don't fight it. Don't resist it. Surrender to it. And as you do, you're going to begin to speak in another tongue. The Bible says that the Spirit will give the utterance. So I want us to lift your hands. Lift your hands right now. Go ahead and lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I want you to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray right now. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall with your power. You perform miracles. There is nothing that's impossible. And we're standing here only because you made a way. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall with your power. You perform
There have already been a few that have received the Holy Ghost or have been renewed in the Holy Ghost. Let's give God glory for that. And there's still some that are praying. We're going to let them pray. But I, I just want to give one more invitation to people that need to be baptized. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. All throughout the book of Acts, people were baptized. And so I just want to give one more invitation. Anybody willing to take that step of faith? You may say, well, I need a 12-week Bible study. There is a man in the book of Acts chapter 8 who wanted to be baptized, and he asked the evangelist, he said, what do I need to do to get baptized? And he asked him, do you believe? He didn't ask him, have you been living right for three months? He didn't ask him, what did you do last night? He said, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And if you believe, that's all it takes for you to be baptized. That's all it takes. Anybody want to be baptized today? Anybody want to be baptized? Amen. At the end of the story, when the son came home, the Bible says that they rejoiced and they were merry. We've had, we've had few already received the Holy Ghost. Come on, can we rejoice? Can we be merry? Can we give thanks to God right now? We love you, Jesus. Come on, dance and worship God right now. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that every word should be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Brother Easter didn't know Wednesday night we focused on that same portion of Scripture. And I think there are, see, God can be speaking one thing and hit so many different things. At the center of it, though, I believe God is reaching for some people some prodigals. You may even be in the house still, but you're drifting in your spirit. And God's reaching. It's not coincidence. I know, you know, we all get excited when the two preachers in a, in a row talk about the same thing, but we need to understand that's not coincidence. That God, how many verses are in the Bible? How many verses? 66 books? I don't know how many verses. Thousands. Tens of thousands of verses. And that in two services in a row, God would direct the same verses of Scripture. You got a better chance of lightning striking you when you walk out of here. All right? God is speaking to somebody. And, and Brother Easter, before we dismiss, one thing you said, I felt the Holy Ghost, is some of you have glued yourself to some things. When he said that, I felt the Holy Ghost trying to get a hold of somebody. You've glued yourself to some things. Some spirits, you've glued yourself to some spirits. It may not be people, but spirits. You've gotten attached to things, and now you, you realize it's taken you down a path you don't want to go, but you can't disconnect yourself. You need a stronger man, and that is Jesus. But don't, don't just drift off with that citizen because you think there's no hope. There is hope, but you ain't gonna, you're going to find your hope at the altar. You're going to find your hope 
in a place of desperation. So thank you, Brother Easter. What a fabulous word from the Lord today. What a fabulous word. And uh, just so well pointed. And to all those who received the Holy Ghost today, we were, I looked down here, Ariana, I didn't have to ask her if she got the Holy Ghost. I could see her face, her countenance lit up. And Jackie, amen. Amen. So, so amazing. Ariana was telling me back during coffee and conversation, she just keeps being drawn back by the Spirit of God. That's what we want. We don't want you to be drawn back because of us. Now, we don't want you to stay away because of us. We don't want to get in the way. But we want the Holy Ghost to be what keeps bringing people back. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so, so thankful for what God is doing. We do say to our guests that are here today, before you leave today, if you would stop by guest reception, we just want to give you a small gift. It's not a ring or a robe. Can't quite afford that for guest reception yet. But we do want to give you a small token to let you know how thankful we are. And, and leave with those shoes on today. If you got the Holy Ghost already and you've been baptized and you're a son of God, walk out of here and walk in faith. Amen. Walk in holiness. Walk in righteousness. Amen. The Lord bless you. Make sure you greet brother and sister, I don't know, brother, elder, brother and sister Easter. I don't like being called elder, so we'll just call them Papa. Papa Easter and Sister Easter and, and Brother Jordan and Ashley and Brother Keats and Rachel and Lewis. Thank them for coming today. God bless you. Greet one another as you're dismissed in Jesus' name.